Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to another high resolution. I'm Seamus Byrne. I last caught up with Mihal Carmack Blihaj. He's the vice president of pro gaming at ESL Global Ops at IEM Sydney last year. This year, Australia's IEM is moving to Melbourne to headline Melbourne Esports Open, if it all goes ahead, of course. For amazingly lucky, we are probably not going to be amazingly lucky, but if we are, we'll all get to catch up in Melbourne and enjoy the show in August. One of the big lines in the sand for seeing the coronavirus shutdown, a, a lot of major events around the world, was this year's Intel Extreme Masters in Katowice at Poland. Uh, it, that's actually also the country where Carmack is from. The event was all systems go until the very day before the doors were meant to open. Travellers were already in the city and ESL had to make the announcement that authorities had decided they could no longer enter the arena to watch one of the most beloved events on the annual esports calendar. Carmack made an impassioned speech on stage at the event as it drew to a close. With the ESL crew in the room, he spoke to an empty arena, but an online audience of hundreds of thousands about how much their passion carries them through when they try to put on these shows. So in today's conversation, we talk about how esports has had to respond to the crisis in the age of stadium events as the new norm, how the shock now turns to opportunity for the industry and whether there will be a chance to change minds and open the door to new fans and new perspectives on what esports has to offer. But first, I opened by asking Carmack to take me back to that moment in Katowice when they found out that the show would have no live audience. Well, it it, it actually was... It was like being in a movie, you know, when you have your, um, what would you call it? Uh, your, your war room, if you will. Um, and in that war room, we're sitting there and waiting for results of all sorts of meetings of, of the bodies that typically decide these, decide these things. And we were getting texts from our, you know, the people that we are, uh, 
that we know closest at at the city and oh early indications all fine all fine uh everything good it, it was tense it was stressful uh but then at one point uh i believe that was wednesday afternoon we were told oh no it's it's okay it's completely fine we'll be fine we'll be okay uh the city is completely happy with uh whatever we've uh yeah, whatever measures we've taken they were actually surprised that we were so diligent because what we mapped out uh, everyone's route to katowice and if somebody came from a um area more heavily affected by coronavirus so italy china uh, <clears throat> south korea things like that uh, then we required a doctor's certificate that the person is uh, healthy and we did you know we did a lot of things in order to make it work and then actually was it Thursday we got, we also got, you know, uh, spent a little bit of time in that room. There was also a little bit of a, an added stress based on rumors and um, conversations about our event in the Senate. The, a question was asked about it, uh, but we got no news whatsoever. And then there was a big rumor coming, I think, from Facebook or Twitter from the official uh, account of the uh, Voyevoda, which is uh, comparable to basically the top, uh, the top man in uh, one of the 16 districts of Poland. Poland yeah. is subdivided to 16 districts. His official account, accounts on Twitter um, said that the event would take place without, uh, without a live audience. And then the courier the actual paperwork and that was uh, how do i describe that feeling it was <clears throat> it was the numbness uh, i i think at, at the beginning when we got the the we where we read the social media how do i even say it it, it was unbelievable I felt numb inside. I just felt numb. Do you, do you, uh, maybe do you know the Sorry, Guy Ritchie's movie, Locks? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, there's a scene where, where at, at the beginning of the film, where the young guy is going to play cards and then he's cheated and then he leaves. Yeah, and there's yeah, yeah. this great cinematography of him kind of dazed and numb and feeling nothing and walking about kind of on autopilot. That's what it felt like for a while. That's what, that's what it felt like. Um, but then we uh, sat down in the war room, uh, parceled out all the things we needed to do. We had them planned out, uh, but it's different talking about it and different actually doing it. So we sat down again, parceled it out, and uh, went on to adapting to the new environment and, and getting all the things done that needed to be done, communicating with all the stakeholders, communicating with uh, teams, players, um, sponsors, uh, show exhibitors, fans, ticket buyers, online audience, everyone. We needed to figure out how to communicate the right things, the right get them the right knowledge that they needed to react. Uh, but the most regret regrettable thing, I think, was that decision was made Thursday evening before the first day of the event. Yeah. Uh, and, 
<clears throat> and not, you know, Wednesday evening when some people could still cancel their travel arrangements and maybe not waste their time going to Katowice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, it was, yeah, I mean, it feels like that that was that in so many ways, and like not even just for esports, but in a lot of regards, I felt like it was such a kind of a line in the sand moment almost of going, okay, everything is close. Like every major event is just not going to happen from here on, you know. I mean, obviously so many of the big tech events and different things had started to sort of wind down, but that this just for it to be sort of shut down so close to the event it just kind of felt like well nothing else will be happening that's it like from here on out every event where there's a crowd it's over like that's it it's it's over so um but you still have to kind of put on the show so you know i mean how how do you feel like all the people behind the scenes and um and the players how sort of they reacted to you know to respond to sort of a, a whole different environment for that that weekend I think for the players, it was fine. You could see it in the games <clears throat> when they were playing on stage. The quality of the games was absolutely stellar. It was a great tournament in the oh. end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's it, it was a little bit eerie in Spodek yeah. because it was alive and, and quiet at the same time because the stage is big and beautiful and it's, the stage was, you know, fully lit and everything. Mm. Um, and at the same time, but again, the players, I feel they had their eye on the prize and, and, and I don't think they were affected that much. Honestly, on Friday, the, the crew were on autopilot a little bit, uh, everyone a little bit dejected because the thing, I mean, not to get into very you know lofty tones or anything, but the reason we we put up with all the stuff we need to put up with to get these events done is is uh, that I encourage everyone and and men it's it's typical for us just to you know the IT guy that was laying down the cables building the network and everything's working. But maybe something wasn't, and until four a.m., that guy is is you know trying to frantically fix the problem. All of that is worth it after he you know walks out to the live show among uh, thousands and thousands of people roaring because something amazing is happening. Yeah, he stands there for ten minutes, and it's all worth it. That's the payoff we have. That's really that's really what it is, and and that was taken away from the entire crew. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was the first day was just on autopilot, just getting there, just trying to get that, getting through to the end, um, to the finish line. Uh, but Saturday and Sunday, we kind of woke up and, and, and we were, how would I say that? We were looking for ways how to give the most out of us to to the audience and to the people that were in bars in Katowice, yeah. um, in order to in order to make the experience worthwhile, make their experience memorable and positive in a way. So uh, the show backstage on the back end improved. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give another reference from a movie, um, which. To me, it drives me in so many ways, uh, which is the hustler. 
with Paul Newman. I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah, with love that it. one. <laughs> and there's a scene there where uh, that old, uh, I don't know what, you, what, the, what the word is in English, but the, the guy that's kind of the sponsor of the hustler, uh, he tells Fast Eddie that he's a born loser. And Eddie goes, what's that supposed to mean? And he goes, well, Eddie, you're a born loser. Uh, you, you know, first time I saw Minnesota Fats hooked and you let him go. I got drunk. Sure, you got drunk. You got an excuse. When you have an excuse for losing, that's the easiest thing in the world. Feeling sorry for yourself is, you know, is the best indoor sports sport practiced by born losers. Namely that if you have an excuse for losing, you will lose. Don't accept excuses for losing. So, yeah. uh, yeah, we, we, we didn't treat the fact that we were closed as an excuse for delivering anything less that we, than we could. And we just shifted our activities to doing our very best in, in, in a different way. Uh, and we applied the same thing to the ESL Pro League. And when I say we, I sometimes should exclude myself from we, I mean ESL. <laughs> I'm not involved literally in every project, but um, we switched our mindset to to not letting um, the fact that there's no live audience to affect us and to, you know, we kind of took a siege mentality on board to deliver the best possible show that we could. Uh, and in the end, also thanks to the fact that this isn't a project, Katowice isn't a project that's uh, new, it stands for a 14, now 15-year-old legacy. The prior work that we've done, the fact that, you know, somebody like Simple, uh, when Navi first won, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, when Navi first won b back 10 years ago or something, Simple was 14 years of age and, and watching and, and hoping that he would one day win um, win the tournament. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the players that won uh, the tournament back then, he's a streamer today, and he was crying watching, uh, watching that live on stream. He was streaming himself watching, uh, the Katowice final and he, he cried. Yeah. And, and so all the work that we put in, all the energy that we put in that weekend, Plus the past 10 or 15 years of hard work on Intel Extreme Masters ultimately paid off. And honestly, I don't remember the event primarily for the fact uh, that we had no audience. I remember the event now primarily for the fact that uh, a decade of esports history um, was was looped with yeah. the old guard of Navi winning to the new guard of Navi winning and, and such a wonderful story uh, going full circle. Yeah. That's, that's actually what I remember primarily, although the event is memorable for many, many reasons. <laughs> um, so where do you feel like, um, I mean, like one of the funny stories really, I feel like has been that, of course, all the traditional physical sports have closed down. And as much as, you know, and I think esports in a lot of ways is doing, you know, a great job of sort of seizing this opportunity to sort of step forward a little bit. But also, obviously, that <laughs> esports itself has gotten big enough to have to close down some of the, the big stadium events as well. Um, yeah, in that sort of balance, do you think, 
on, on the whole weight of things, do you feel like this is still an opportunity for esports, or do you think, yeah, there is a bit of a, a pause in some ways in that progression? Sort of, you know, now that we, this is the sort of the status quo for the next little while, where do you feel like uh, we're at when it comes to, yeah, what comes next? Well, considering everything and the fact that so many events have being forced to shut down and it's such a drastic change to how it's almost a regression in many ways for esports because online play is was ha, hadn't been the primary mode of competition for quite a while now yeah uh but at the same time we are the only ones esports people are the only people competing right now um to entertain people. Yeah. Uh, so soccer players aren't competing. Golf players aren't competing. No one's competing. Uh, and esports, we're the only ones putting on a show right now. Uh, so, of course, it's a massive opportunity uh, because so many people are now looking to esports for entertainment because if you can't get your Premier League fix, uh, you know, on Saturday or Sunday, um that itch is still going to be there. You're going to scratch it a different way and maybe you'll find esports on Twitch. Um, so it's a massive opportunity for us to regain fans who maybe, um, who maybe for whatever reason stopped watching, uh, or lost the attention on esports, gain new fans who are now, uh, have not a lot to do at home. Uh, they have an internet connection. They can tune in. So. Uh, it's it's a big opportunity to, let's say, increase our audience pool until the point where we, uh, until the point where we, let's say, relaunch live events, and then they see esports in in its fullest glory, and hopefully a lot of those people will stay, and we will come out stronger out of all this. Yeah, I mean, is there? How did you sort of find, you know, when um, in some of the racing, like the motor racing events where, because of course, you know, drivers train in simulators all the time. So suddenly they've been able to, you know, put not just, you know, esports drivers, but the actual drivers have decided, well, yeah, let's, let's compete. Let's kind of race in the sims. Uh, I feel like in some ways that even that is a positive for esports because it's kind of showing the fans of those kind of traditional sports that, you know, people can still compete in a very serious way, even if they're competing within this kind of simulation environment. Um, I don't know if you sort of feel the same way or did you have any other thoughts on, on, on this kind of little moment where we're seeing actual athletes jumping across to, to play some esports as well? I think what you, what you've mentioned is, is actually significant on a, on a broad cultural level because it, helps to helps further establish esports as something positive and 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 normal helps norm normalize esports further so whoever uh you know i keep on reading i keep on reading on twitter if there's a you know sports celebrity tweeting about esports or something and and there's still a large number of uh, you know replies to those tweets that uh, this is not a real sport, this is not legitimate. And it comes uh, a lot of the time from traditional sports fans. And uh, for them to see 
uh, esports being used by by their idols is something uh, actually the only thing it's it's a little bit how do I say this uh, I can only think of a very 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 bad example so maybe maybe <laughs> I, I'll, I'll keep it to myself uh, for for another time but um, it's it's it, it's interesting, yeah, because those traditional sports fans uh, now have to pay attention to esports, whether they like it or not, in the form of of, of the players or athletes that they uh, that they like and enjoy watching, because they got nothing else. And sure, it's not going to convince some, but others will be convinced. And it's it's overall, to your point, a big win for esports. Mm. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I mean, I even saw that like uh, one of the ratings for for the first NASCAR kind of virtual racing event actually had ratings as high as like whatever sort of the biggest event on their calendar of 2019 was. So, you know, even just in that sort of first novelty sense, it wasn't like people shunned it. They actually wanted to come and see what was going on? Yeah, uh, we'll see if the novelty factor wears off, and if they will, or if they will continue. Hmm. But it's a it's a really good method to, you know, if I can't if I can't go out and and race, or if I can't enjoy the 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 physical thing, uh, why not enjoy the virtual thing? It's it's just it's just so obvious if you think about it, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we'll see. The interesting question is not is not what's happening right now that people are enjoying the substitute. Uh, it's which which of those sports will use, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call it the substitute, although it can be its own thing on it that stands stands on its own two feet. Which of those sports will? convert the value that they've built or that they are building right now with the virtual version of their competition into something that's actually got its own life in a post-corona world. That's what's the interesting question, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, what, what right now are the things that stand out for you in terms of, like, as you said, that it is the only thing that can flick that switch and go back to a more traditional way of playing? Um, have they been sort of, uh, you know, sort of positives about sort of you know, how things have transitioned? Um, like, are there 
interesting lessons to take away for the long term or you know is it just that it's doing a good job of filling the gap while it can um you know any thoughts on sort of how people are dealing with this this moment i would say so the first change or the first effect that we see is that the viewership is is absolutely insane uh to give you data in the first half of the uh, regular season of the ESL Pro League, we have generated a full regular season's worth of viewership for comparing to, to season 10. Yeah, wow. So half of season 11 online has done, uh, has clocked as, as, as much viewership as the entire regular season uh pre previous regular season which was played all on uh, lan so in a live environment um so the viewership is is absolutely crazy um the one interesting thing that we're learning uh is that maybe as as uh, ESL and maybe as the industry we've been relying a little bit you know a little bit wee bit too much on the on the clean pure production value of of the show with the big stages and all the lights and and uh and everything and uh we had to rediscover what makes esports really cool and really fun uh the the commentators if you watch them and credit to them because it's uh it's it's some of their ingenuity and some of their creativity they're having fun they're engaging the viewers in a different way uh the show is a little bit tongue in cheek it's engaging and it's entertaining in a slightly different way because if you don't have those uh flashing lights you need to uh, you need to make the show um that that much extra entertaining and and them uh, them playing with the show a little bit and and uh, engaging the audience in different ways than than just pure clean uh, flashy uh, production value is something that we will want to keep uh, going forward uh, because that's 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 a past of uh, that we kind of left behind, and we kind of grew up and decided not to be a teenager anymore in the style of style that we run the show. But there's no reason why we shouldn't be a teenager on a very very big stage yeah. uh, when life goes back to normal. It's going to be impressive and it's going to be fun. What's not to love? So the the fact that we have to have to go back and reach into um, a completely entirely different pocket to to deliver value to our viewers has given us a, a, an interesting reminder that uh, it's okay to be fun and it's it's okay to be fun and it's good for the viewers if if we're not uh, if we're having fun with the show as well. It's a good point because yeah, being able to flick that switch right is is important. I think, I mean, it's a good example to kind of step back to you know IEM in Sydney, sort of over the last few years that that they've done a lot of really kind of fun things. The gravity of the moment, while kind of the action is there on stage, um, you know, and sort of all the big stories of the teams facing off, kind of on the biggest stage, is all still there, but that 
alongside that, you're playing with things like the caches and just all the kinds of fun, crazy stuff that they've uh, done alongside it as well has been, I think, you know, it's kind of, you know, maybe just this kind of Australian event managed to sort of capture a little bit of both sides of that and ensuring that it's feeding that kind of very fun energy that that crowd has been looking for as well. Yeah, I mean... Sydney is a very good example of of what a, an esports show could look like if we apply um, if we are that teenager in the stadium. Mm. Sydney is actually that uh, you know model event of a teenager in a stadium rather than a grown up <laughs> in a stadium, if you will, yeah. uh, buttoned up, wearing a suit and tie and stuff like that. Um, and that's honestly uh, Sydney was was us embracing how the audience were reacting or how the audience were behaving rather than us dictating that. So all credit to Australia for it, but yeah, both Sydney and ESL pro league, um, the way, the way things are going right now, they're a lesson to us not to, not to forget that this is entertainment and, and fun, uh, you know, being funny, goofy, um, playing along, not taking it, deadly serious yeah. is 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 something that's probably what many have forgotten along the way um yeah and it's something we're win- winning back yeah so it's it's something we're actually winning back right now for for us in production i'm not going to say that we completely lost our way and yeah, we yeah. were dead se- serious or anything like that but we've 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 noticed the value of uh you know, you can buy production value. You can literally buy production value. But let's not forget that you can actually increase the show value simply by being fun and having fun with it. Yeah. Um. The that um the sponsor side of things, I guess. You know, have they been sort of understanding of things? I mean, right? Like the audience numbers are up. Um. But I know, sort of, from the the media side, sometimes we hear that it's like, well, yep, people are reading more news than ever right now because this crisis is just phenomenal. Um, but, of course, lots of advertising is down because people, you know, lots of different kinds of businesses are having their own troubles and so they're not spending as much on ads. But, you know, how have you found the the sponsor relationships alongside sort of these changes? Um, are they enjoying sort of that increased online audience or are they sort of feeling like there's other things that they need to worry about? Um that it means they're sort of needing to step back a little bit? Uh, right now, our, our sponsors have been fantastic with us so far. So I can't, uh, you know, I can't say that so far we've been affected by it, um, which is not to say that we won't be because uh, let's be humble uh, and, and also understanding that uh, some of the companies that work with us may be affected, but uh if you if you think about it the betting industry specifically the esports betting industry maybe right now you know uh, getting i i'm only assuming and speculating but yeah. maybe uh, having the best time in the in the past several years uh, yeah. simply because their esports is the only thing that one would bet on uh at at this time of uh, 2020 uh but no so far our sponsors haven't um 
haven't given us any indication that they would step back. Uh, but we have to wait and see because Corona is new for everyone yeah. and it takes a while for, uh, for everybody to find, uh, how they want to respond to all of this. Um, Mm. I mean, I guess with the you know so, endemic sponsors, in a sense, you know, are luckily also selling products into an environment where people at home playing computer games at their PCs and things like so many of those sponsors are nicely uh, related to uh, this situation of selling product. Whereas you know, if you had tourism sponsors or something, then yeah, then then you've got problems. I've actually heard from one of the you know, teams in Scandinavia that. Uh, sales for uh, PC, PC-related equipment have gone up uh, by four hundred percent or something um, after after the closure because everybody's gearing up to, you know, to have equipment. Mm. I'm about to call my provider to increase my bandwidth. Uh, yeah, because because the kids are now using it for for. Uh, Remote learning and things like that, and and I I actually literally do see it. Uh, although I'm not sure if it's going to help because everybody's uh, you know everybody's on video conference this time of day. But yeah, uh, it's just it's a big change. Uh, it there are winners in this. So if you think of betting companies, if you think of internet providers who are getting clients to, you know, hey, I need this better connection right now. Yeah. I want it installed yesterday. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, I've bought video games for my kids. <laughs> yeah. I've spent quite a, more money in, in since Katowice on video games than I have in the entire past year. Um, I've bought new gaming equipment for the kids so they can play Just Dance on the PlayStation. I bought the, you know, PlayStation camera. And so not everything is slowing down. Not everything is stopping. Um, but it's, it's difficult to predict where all this is going because it's difficult to predict how long the crisis is going to, uh, keep hold of all of us. Yeah. So look, let's, you know, let's, uh, speculate in the positive and say, how excited are you to come to Melbourne for for the new IEM at the Melbourne Esports Open if, if fingers crossed, everything goes magically well? <laughs> well, I, 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 how do I say this? I have to say every time I've been to Australia has been such an overwhelmingly positive uh, experience for me that uh i it, it's it's become a highlight of a highlight of my year truly to go there and and be with the australian esports audience because they are so fun to be around um they're just so fun to be around and i'm i'm i've been told by uh, a lot of those people uh, from melbourne that came to sydney that melbourne is an amazing city um, and I, I've never been to Melbourne, so I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to going. And I'm also being I'm also told that Korean barbecue is better in <laughs> Melbourne than Sydney. So um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me about that. Um, uh, I mean, I'll I'm, tell you that the the nice thing about uh, the Melbourne event is that the stadiums are like right beside the heart of the city. Like it's not the thirty minute 
ride, you know, to and from the stadiums to get to where all the action is at nighttime. So that's nice. That's that sounds very good because if I can walk from work to a Korean barbecue place, that's that's all I need. <laughs> um, any other sort of you know, yeah, last thoughts on I guess the you know the state of uh, the state of the business. You know, I guess we all hoped we were you know probably walking a very different path this year. So, um, you know, what what are the the best sort of how do we walk out of this? I guess with the the best kind of positive frame of mind possible. Well, uh, I would say that you know I don't want I don't want to come off upbeat uh, in in this situation. People yeah. are in hospital. It's affecting it's affecting people around the world. People uh, maybe you know losing jobs. Yeah, and it, it is a it is a real crisis. But uh, with with that in mind, I think. Uh, I think we're going through a period where uh, all the world's attention is on esports. If you're if you're looking to be entertained by people competing at something, uh, and it's all things considered a wonderful opportunity. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for all of esports to come out ahead, as Winston Churchill put it: "Never waste a good crisis." Um, actually, that's yeah. Um, sort of i think a um really good point that uh i just sort of remembered there about the fact that talking to like kerrigan last year i did an interview with him um and yeah he sort of said for himself and he knows for some other players that they felt like actually the two their two favorite kind of things were uh katowice and uh coming to australia because the crowds kind of at those two venues um just sort of give so much back to them there on stage uh so it's kind of interesting that you know, I guess, well, you know, the one um, missed out on having its audience there at all this year. But, um, yeah, that that there is something about sort of some of these events that maybe are a little bit kind of more removed than the rest of the kind of the main circuit or harder to get to and that the fans kind of seem to appreciate the fact that uh, even more um, and get louder because they know that's kind of their one big chance to really get behind an event. Maybe, but I will also say it seems like I don't know what it is about Australia, but people are more laid back. Uh, people are more laid back. They have you guys outside of Australia have a reputation for being laid back, nice, friendly, uh, not too uptight. I think it's how Australians are, how much fun they are, and I. This is this is uh, thinking about it. There are good crowds. There are good crowds in esports all over the place. But it's only in Australia that the crowd is an actor in the show to such a degree. Mm. If you swapped, if you swapped uh, the crowd from any other big esports show uh, and put them in IEM in Australia, you could tell the difference. No other event would have that effect. Yeah. You can take you can take a crowd from New York to a crowd and you know swap it out for a crowd in Chicago or swap it out for a crowd in Denmark, and it's all going to feel the same and sound the same, so to speak. If you take the crowd from New York to Sydney or to Melbourne for an IM, you're going to know the difference. You know, you're going to know something's changed. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right, actually. 
Yeah, they won't be fighting quite so hard to, you know, do their shoeies and accept that they're going to get kicked out when they do it. I mean, yeah, that, that's remarkable in its own way. I'm like, yep, that's okay. I'm going to be a legend outside here when <laughs> just for getting kicked out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, the, the Australians have built a subculture around the IEM event, and that is not in any way to ESL's credit. It's just something we needed to, uh, embrace and, and I think we were smart enough to embrace it early enough that we didn't stomp on it and, and we didn't stamp the subculture out because now the event is more than just you know ESL coming uh, it's our event it's it's ours in Australia's and that's rare that's really rare from my experience thanks again to Mihal Karmak Lihaj Vice President of Pro Gaming with ESL I'm Seamus Byrne. This has been High Resolution, part of the ByteSide podcast network. Catch it all at ByteSide.com. Follow us on Twitter at ByteSide or email us, ask at ByteSide.com. We'll catch you again real soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.